Our scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. So it says in Luke, while he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Sorry, I lost my place. And he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he ordered him to tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. But the news about him was spreading even farther, and large crowds were gathering to hear him to be healed of their sickness. So uh, last week um, we talked about um, the idea, um, or two weeks ago that is, we talked about the idea that how Jesus wasn't here um, to to solve all of our problems, uh, right? Um, so we noticed that in the scriptures, um, we often see these hordes of people, right, seeking him out, seeking Jesus out, coming to him um, uh, to solve their immediate issues, uh, health, financial issues, relationship issues, even consequences for, for their own actions. And oftentimes Jesus seems frustrated by this. We, we ask the question, why? Well, because they are often not focused on his ability to fix their greatest issue. Jesus is frustrated because um, they don't seem to be concerned about their separation from God because of their sin. They only want God to, uh, they only want Jesus to, to fix their temporal problems. And so a couple of weeks ago when I said that, that Jesus wasn't here to solve all your problems, um, I knew that there might be, or that I might give the impression that Jesus in general is unconcerned about the more temporal and immediate issues of our lives. But that could, there, there's nothing that could be further from the truth. And this passage uh, that we're looking at today, and a hundred more like it, demonstrate that fact. And so what we see is it points us to, to uh, this idea when paired with that other story that we read a couple of weeks ago. While the gospel is primary, that doesn't mean that Jesus is unconcerned with your issues, with your need, right? Be it health or, or financial or relationships or, or whatever the deal is. Jesus is both able and willing to come into your life and meet your needs. So let's look at this passage uh, together uh, and see what we can glean from it. So, so Luke chapter 5, verse 12 says, While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered in le- with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So remember that this is not just a story, right? This is this is a real man who who really lived, and I think it uh, it can help us to to um, imagine what this man's life must have been like. So so here he comes, and 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 we can guess why we have not seen him come with the other throngs of people um, during these sort of extended times of healing um, that Jesus was doing in in each of the cities around Galilee. Um, he didn't come probably. Um, he would have. Because in the ancient world, someone with leprosy would have stayed away from normal people, right? And so if you've ever done much reading in the New Testament and, and, and read a little bit on leprosy, you kind of understand the picture of what's going on there. Um, people feared being infected um, with from, from people who were already suffering from leprosy. Not only that, but, but even if you didn't um, 
uh, even if you weren't infected, even if you didn't contract leprosy, you you still would be ceremonially unclean. So you'd be unable to participate in in temple worship and sacrifice and things like that until you went through a period of cleansing. And so if this man had shown up in the crowds with the rest of the people um, for healing, man, they would have thrown rocks at him until he went away. Okay, um, and that's because again, we have to kind of get in and, and think about what it would have been like because leprosy was an especially terrible disease in in the time of Jesus. Um, we can't be sure that when he says leprosy that he is he is uh, that Luke is actually meaning what we think of with leprosy. It's possible that he is using the word more generically just for for any kind of skin disease. But if it is actually leprosy and, and it's what we think it is. Um, there's, there's an author named, a uh, scholar named Kent Hughes, who in his book about the life, kind of life in the ancient world, talks about how there were three prevalent forms of leprosy. There was one called nodular leprosy, and that is basically when your body would grow these little tumors all over it, and eventually the tumors would grow to the point where they would rupture, and those would get infected, and you can imagine the mess and, and pain that would be involved with that. Then there was anesthetic leprosy and that is maybe what we're more familiar with when your your extremities begin to lose circulation and then what happens is you get a cut that cut gets infected the infection turns to gangrene and then your your extremities begin to rot and and fall off and then and then sometimes there there was a combination of both both a, a nodular leprosy and an aesthetic leprosy and so again just imagine for a second what it would have taken this man to get to Jesus. Um, imagine him walking for who knows how far with these rotten sores in his feet, the pain at every step of the way, the ridicule and the rocks that were hurled at him as he walked down the road past other travelers. Leprosy is a slow, long, painful death sentence in the ancient world. And so for this man, it's been a long time since he's had any hope. And as Jesus is leaving this town, maybe this man steps out of the shadows. Or, or maybe as Jesus is on a road between two towns or something, uh, he's standing off at a distance, afraid, ashamed to get too close, right? One, not only fearing rejection, that maybe Jesus would would reject him, but also because Jesus is a holy man and, and this, this, this man with leprosy knows that he's a prophet of God at the very least. Um, he's heard about what Jesus has been able to do in his authority, both in teaching and in, in healing. And so he doesn't want to make Jesus unclean by, by in, encountering him, uh, most likely. And so when he, but he comes anyway. And he kneels down before Jesus and he says, Jesus, if you are willing, I believe you can make me clean. And so maybe the first thing that we could say that we see in this passage is, is, is this idea that what comes next is that Jesus has come for the outsiders. Think about the story we, we had from last week, right? Uh, when we read about Jesus calling of Peter and of his first disciples. And, and we talked about how what we saw uh, Jesus doing um, was the idea that he was coming for sinners, right? He was coming for those who were unqualified, people like Peter who were unqualified to follow him because of their sin, 
right? We talked about how uh, Jesus is what qualifies us to follow him, right? It's Jesus' call on our lives that qualifies us, that, that we don't have to measure up to something that is Jesus inviting us that qualifies us. But here we see sort of another aspect of that, that, that Jesus not only calls the unqualified, but he calls the unclean, right? He calls the untouchable. He calls the outcasts. He calls the pariahs. He calls the people whose lives and bodies bear the stigma of some taboo element, right? And, and again, Luke has already shown us that over and over again. Luke has shown us Jesus' special concern um, for the margin, marginalized, right? For, the, for those people who are on the fringe. It should, it should rightly, I think, um, when, when we take that idea and bring it into our own context, it should rightly raise flags when we see a church focusing on winning only the or attracting um, only the influential, right? Only the accepted. I think I shared with you several times that there was a campus organization when I was at Auburn and, and, and part of their strategy for outreach was that they were there to win the leaders on campus, right? Because if they, their attitude was that if they won the leaders, then that would, that would draw other people in because those people would follow those leaders. And, and I get that, right? But, but on the same time, uh, there's something that, that seems odd about that. And, and in some ways it seems that be the furthest thing from Jesus' mind. Not because the insiders are particularly or or uniquely unworthy, um, because we're all unworthy, right? Much of Jesus' teaching is to show us that there are no real insiders when it comes to the kingdom of God. We are all outsiders because of our sin. But from a worldly point of view, it's 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 no surprise when the wealthy or the attractive or the successful or the influential are accepted, right? Because they're typically accepted everywhere. Okay, And so Jesus is showing us that he accepts those who the rest of the world rejects, that he is not influenced by the world's definitions of unworthiness. As far as Jesus was concerned, there was no one unclean who did not want to be. And so while in our culture, maybe leprosy may not carry the same kind of stigma. In fact, probably most of us almost think of, of leprosy as a disease that is that is. Um, extinct, although there is certainly are, are people who still suffer from leprosy around the world. Um, but it's not hard for us to attach a more contemporary concept to this idea, right? There's still any number of things or conditions or behaviors or, or backgrounds that make certain people in certain places uneasy, right? And so, so those could certainly be racial or or nationalistic or linguistic kind of taboos, right? But they could also be other things. Um, addiction carries with it sort of that, that outsider status. Incarceration, mental illness, maybe handicaps, coming from, from uh, fostering and, and adoption backgrounds um, can be those things. People who have come from abuse backgrounds, both as the victim or as the perpetrator, that is certainly something that is taboo in our culture that people are uneasy around and don't know how to deal with, right? And certainly still there are certain diseases and illnesses that can bear those, those hallmarks, right? I remember in, in the 80s, in the early 90s, when I was growing up, the AIDS epidemic certainly had that stigma, right? Maybe it still does in some places, um, where people, people were, were nervous to be around people with AIDS because they didn't understand the disease yet. They didn't know how it worked and, and, and things. And it kind of carried that stigma. But Jesus has come for these people, right? Jesus has come for these people who are on the fringe, 
And so then in verse 13, what does it say Jesus does? It says he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. So, so this man comes fearfully and humbly to Jesus, right? And again, because he's, he's afraid that maybe one, Jesus will reject him or maybe two, that, that, um, he will, he will make Jesus unclean. But notice something. Uh, he's not uncertain about Jesus' ability. That's interesting, right? He's only uncertain about Jesus' compassion. He says, if you are willing to heal me, I think that you can, right? That's an important aspect of this, right? And we're going to see that more and more as we go through the Gospel of Luke. Um, the role that faith plays, right? We saw it in, when, when Jesus preached at Nazareth. Uh, we, we cross-referenced it with the other stories in the other Gospels, and it talked about the idea that Jesus was unable to do many healings there because of their lack of faith. And so this man has faith in Jesus' ability to do these things, but he doesn't know if Jesus cares, okay? Which incidentally, that's probably the opposite of the way our modern kind of mindset works, right? Most people probably assume that Jesus is is a kind and compassionate person who would like to help, but we don't know if we if if he has the power to, right? We don't know if Jesus does things like that. But in Jesus' time, it's the opposite. Um, th- th- this man recognizes Jesus' ability, but he's questioning Jesus' willingness. And then what Jesus does is is both beautiful and incredible. And if you're not careful, you'll miss it. It says Jesus stretches out his hand and touches him. Recognize this. Jesus didn't have to touch him, right? He could have just spoken a word and it would have been plenty. He could have healed this man with a word and yet he touched him. Why? Think about it. This man has probably not been touched in years. Not a kiss, not a hug, not a handshake, not even a pat on the back. This man has probably lived in complete physical isolation for a long time. I think that's one of the interesting things that, that COVID has sort of made people recognize, right? We've, we've, it's made us realize the need for physical presence and for physical touch. There's probably a lot of people who, who before this thought, eh, you know, I'm not really a people person and I like, I don't want to be around people. But then when we're in complete isolation from people in some cases, um, you start to realize, man, you need that. We need that. We are designed that way to be in people's, be in people's presence and to have that physical connection. Um, And so we see Jesus compassionately reaching out to this man in a unique way that is exactly what um, this man probably needs. And I don't know how he did it. Uh, Maybe maybe he put his hand down and touched the man's cheek. Maybe he put his hand on his head. Um, Maybe he lifted up his chin as this man was looking in humility down at the ground. But Jesus is moved by compassion for this broken, humble man. And he reaches out and touches the untouchable and says, I am willing, be healed. Jesus has important things to do, right? He has important things for him to do. He has important things for you that he has to do. And as we said, of the greatest importance is your immortal soul, right? Your relationship with God, your justification, your being made right before God. 
Jesus has come to preach the good news of the gospel and to accomplish the gospel. That is of paramount importance. But that doesn't mean he looks on your suffering with anything but the deep compassion of a loving Savior. You know, something interesting that I came across when I was, when I was studying this, this passage. There's an interesting textual variant in, in the account of this story in, in the Gospel of Mark. Not in Luke, but in Mark. Most of the manuscripts in, in Mark say this. It says Jesus was moved with or filled with compassion for this man. But there are a few old manuscripts that say Jesus was indignant. Okay? That is to say, Jesus was, when this man says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And it says Jesus was indignant. That is to say he was annoyed that the man would cast Jesus' compassion and his willingness in doubtful terms. As if the man had come to him and said, I, I know you can heal me, Jesus. I just don't know if you care enough to. And Jesus responds and says, of course I care. What more must I do to show you that I care? Jesus over and over again demonstrates his compassion for us, right? His, his very coming to earth is an act of compassion for his people. His life poured out in service is an act of compassion for his people. And especially his life laid down in sacrifice at the cross is a demonstration of his great love and compassion for us. And so like that man, if you have ever in a moment of pain or sorrow in your heart or even given vocalized it and said, Jesus, I know you're God. I know you're all powerful. I know you can do all things, but do you even care what I'm going through? I just don't know if you're willing to meet me in this place of difficulty. What I would encourage you to do is look to the gospels. Look to Jesus' own life and actions in the Gospels. Because Jesus is saying there, what more must I do? Look to the way Jesus ministers, not only to the masses, but to individuals like this man who comes to him with leprosy. Comes to him in humility and brokenness. And look at the compassion that Jesus has. Look at the mercy that he shows this man. And most importantly, when we doubt God's love and compassion for us, look to the cross of Jesus Christ. Look to his suffering and his sacrifice poured out there and know that God sees you and understands your difficulty and your pain intimately and that he is willing and able to come into your life and to heal you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.